0: Hi, guys, welcome to the podcast. Before we start, we just want to introduce you to our sponsor. Our sponsor is the Twitter handle, at MugsNFL. They're a company that offer a range of custom items such as mugs, t shirts, crew jumpers, and hoodies, all customized with your favorite sports player or your sports team. That can be any sport, ranging from the NFL through to the NBA to UK sports. All you have to do for an extra 10% off your order is drop them a message on Twitter quoting our podcast that is hardwood hoops podcast and now get 10% off your next order cheers and enjoy the show Hello everyone and welcome to episode 12 of the Hardwood Hoops podcast. I'm joined by Mr. Ben Jones.
1: Hello everybody. Nice to see you Liam or hear you Liam at least.
0: Yep, nice to hear you too. Hopefully, like I said, we'll be doing this in person soon but um, busy lives and quarantine still kind of getting the better of us at the moment.
1: Yeah, very busy, very busy, especially with all this going on. The NBA is back, baby! I
0: know, it's been cra- crazy, hasn't it? It's been incredible to watch. Yeah. Um, I was just saying to to my wife that I was like, it's not how much more basketball you can watch when the times are separated separated out as well as they are in comparison to our normal like eleven thirty two a.m. games that we'd get.
1: Oh, it's been so nice. I've been able to actually watch games at a reasonable time as well as the ones that are at an unreasonable time. So it's been really nice.
0: Yeah, guilty is the wrong word, but I always hate recording some of the bigger games because I want to watch them live. But to be able to watch games at like 7, then 9, or even then 11, and then maybe just record a couple of the later games, I just think that's ideal then, just get even more basketball in the next morning. So I've enjoyed it, to be fair. And uh, I've noticed as well with the schedule, so we've got the rest of the seeding games um, for probably just another two weeks. Um, And then the whole first round as well. We've also got the... um, The same times, they're all early times. We don't go back to the old late times until the second round of the playoffs. So until mid-September, another month, we've basically got the same format of how many games a day.
1: That's so good. Uh, Yeah, I I know that they're trying to keep some of the West Coast-like teams at sort of West Coast-appropriate times. But the earlier, the better, definitely, for as long as possible.
0: Yeah, it's going to be weird in that second round going back to like 11.30, game one. Or 12, game one, and then game two at like 2, 2.30. That's going to be weird after watching basketball at 7 o'clock at night.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to take some getting used to. Uh, I was going to ask
0: you, what's your um, overall thoughts on um, not any specific games yet, but more the basketball as a whole? Have you thought it's been a good standard, good production, good commentary, etc.?
1: I think it's been a really good standard. Better than I thought it was going to be. I thought this had the potential to be like these eight games in particular had the potential to be a bit of a flop. But every team, even if they've not really got anything to fight for, has come out, played hard. Um, most of the players have been really sharp as well. Like I think those scrimmage games really helped. Um, so I've been super impressed so far. What about you?
0: Yeah, the uh, basketball's been amazing. I think it's clear when you lose off those bottom eight teams, that the standard in general is a lot better. But, but the, the offensive level of performance has been super high. Yeah. The energy has been crazy high as well. Um, obviously, a lot of people say that defensively, that's what always comes last. And like even when the normal season starts, you've got to wait till like 10, 20 games in to find out who the good teams are defensively because that yeah. just takes a while for teams to pick up, which I think we've seen still. But the overall level has been absolutely insane, and it's just like, oh can we, unfortunately, for all the eight, other eight teams, can we just have two different leagues just keep these all these good teams together
1: and <laughs> get it feels more fun like that, it? <laughs> I tell you something that has uh become sort of noticeable as well as apparently the average fouls have gone up by about ten per game um, Someone's said it's to do with the fact that with no crowd noise and nobody like booing or cheering certain plays or whatever, the refs are able to hear and see and focus more on what is actually happening. So some fouls that would normally be missed are actually being called now, um, which is slowing up the games a little bit, but making it more honest, I guess.
0: Yeah, I, do. I think they called too many fouls, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's been a lot of fouls in the paint, but I definitely agree with you that the no crowd thing has, has uh, led to a lot of technical fouls. Um, We've seen loads of people get teed up for like jawing between players, or I mean, coaches on the sidelines, and people over celebrating dunks and stuff because there's no noise, background noise. The refs can hear everything. That's definitely led to more like technicals and maybe even more whistles as well when you go into the basket. If you're actually hearing more contact, you know, player on player, it could force them to to almost cause call more around the basket. So yeah, I've definitely noticed that as well. I think last night in that um, Miami. Uh, Nuggets game. There was something like I can't remember. Seventy three throw shot was it? Something cr- crazy. Basically, it was more than either team had shot in the last four years.
1: Miami, uh,
0: Toronto. Uh, no, it was Nuggets Thunder. Sorry, uh,
1: Nuggets yeah.
0: Thunder. Yeah, There's more than either team had shot in the last four seasons, like individually uh, in the same game. And it's just like Great. wow, it does really slow the game down.
1: Yeah,
0: it's the way they play that as well, isn't it? A lot of paint play with those teams. So.
1: Yes, definitely.
0: Um, another thing I noticed as well, the, the level of commentary has been absolutely insane. Getting Doris Burke on more games than she'd been on before. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we've got the standard ESPN crew. I think that's been really good. Um, one, not criticism, but thing I'd like to ask if you've noticed, we, that we've not spoken about on text or anything, is do you not find that the referees' whistles with these new whistles they've got, the extra clean whistles, are slightly unheard of? Here? I can't hear any whistles. All I see is them put their arms up or players like, stop. I can't actually hear many whistles on league bus.
1: It's not as noticeable, is it? I don't know whether that's something they've pulled out, sort of drowned the sound out on purpose. or Yeah, it might maybe, be too
0: loud almost.
1: Yeah, maybe with the crowds there, the refs blow harder into the whistles because they know they need to be heard, whereas here they feel like it's just a quick like burst.
0: Yeah. And the yeah, other I refs... find that frustrating. <laughs> it's yeah. weird because on TNT, they almost turn the courtside audio up. I've noticed on any TNT games, whether that's on BT uh, on Sky Sports or on League Pass, I've heard the whistles more and I've heard the benches more. But when yeah. you go to the local broadcast, I don't know if you've noticed it uh, because of the way their audio's set and a lot of them are obviously commentating from home, watching on a screen, uh, the audio is not as good. But when we get those TNT and those ESPN games, oh my god, the audio! I don't, I don't really miss the fact the having the fans there on those sort of games because the level of production is crazy.
1: Yeah, I've, I've not. Notice really the fact there's no real crowd because the volume's there, the pumping crowd noise in, the music's playing, the commentators are over over the top, pundits are then over that, like mm. it, it, the production's incredible. So keep this up, MBA.
0: Yeah, it's been good. ESPN done a lot more graphics as well, like their shot charts and not like these static graphics. They've in, they've spent a lot of money on making it look better, which I think yeah. is really cool. Um, and also, like my wife said, because I'm not watching it at 1am anymore, I'm start, I'm screaming myself when Luka Doncic makes three and it's only half seven at night, <laughs> generating more noise from my own living room. So maybe that's part of, part of it.
1: Yeah, it could have something to do with it. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, and the only other thing I wanted to to say was I find it quite cool that, obviously, we've, they're not really home in away games, but um, I was speaking to someone who goes over to the, watch the Celtics 10 to 15 times a year, and he was saying, that they for every team, what they've actually done is they actually put the home cues in. So if like you've got a specific song, or like if your team need a basket and they play a specific like tune or whatever in the home arenas, if you're the home team in Orlando, they're playing the same soundtrack. So apparently right. the players almost feel like they're at home, which is quite cool. And um, Coach Giantoni uh, said the same thing, but he also added, because you're not ever changing arenas, you're not going like home away, home away. He thinks the shooting's better now and will get better because your level of depth perception is going to be the same for every game because both courts are identically the same. So
1: Everyone's I playing both, on the same yeah, rim,
0: essentially. Yeah, basically, yeah, and the same background and the same noises. So apparently the players feel even more at home than normal. So I just think the level going into the playoffs should increase, which is a good thing.
1: That's going to be, yeah, something to look out for to see if that, that trend does follow through. So keep an eye on those three point and mid range stats see if they go up.
0: Yeah, even though the Heat were under twenty percent the other night from three and I was there like, Oh wow, not good. <laughs> not
1: good. No, they they've only got one real three point specialist. Yeah, true. True. And then their next best three point shooter is Kelly Olynyk. so uh, uh don't talk to me about Kelly O'Linick. He's been playing painful. so well. Yeah,
0: but it's painful watching him try and pass basketball. I have to be honest. I oh, really struggle right <laughs> he's a very good shooter But like his his general decision making is so strange especially when he plays really well because he gets overconfident and he's trying to bounce passes into the corner and they're just going out of bounds and i'm just like oh my <laughs> god come on kelly um but yeah let's move on from our general thoughts and go on to some topics then um so the first topic we're going to discuss is well obviously we did an opening night preview pod so what do you think out of those two games Uh, which one was the most exciting and also did you enjoy the back-to-back games overall
1: love back-to-back games it was just so good to have basketball back um i i was looking at this like okay which game did i enjoy the most and i was locked and loaded to go lakers clippers Mm -hmm. but i found the jazz pelicans game really fascinating just how up and down it was. Like the Jazz came out super hot, shut New Orleans down really quickly. And I thought, well, they've got this easily. And then New Orleans came back out of nowhere. Brandon Ingram started getting going. JJ Reddick started hitting everything. And uh, Donovan Mitchell was just non existent in that game. Mike Collins yeah, First going three
0: again. quarters. Donovan yeah. didn't do anything. I remember you texting me saying like that Mitchell needs to get involved here, or else they're gonna lose this lead.
1: Yeah, and and then it it just the, the gap kept closing, and I was like, oh my god, this this game's actually turning into a, a battle because obviously Utah want to hold at least hold position, and the Pelicans are scrapping to get up into that ninth seed, and it it really went at it. Obviously, the Lakers Clippers game was incredible as well it was an absolute battle but i'm gonna put my neck on the line here and go i was most entertained by that jazz new orleans game
0: nice um yeah i've uh gone the opposite i've gone i've gone for the lakers clippers really as my more entertaining game of the two i would say um but yeah i did love both games i thought it was going to be a bit of a blowout the first game like you said And that second, third quarter, well, end of the second and then the third really, really got the game interesting again, going into the fourth. Yeah. Um, J.J. Reddick's got to play more for me. He's got to be more on the 34-minute line because when he's in, they look so, so much better. Um, Obviously, it was a bit of an anti-climax seeing Zion for like such little stretches. Um, Three minutes or whatever? Yeah, I think it's really stupid to not use the three minutes at the end of each quarter because it gives you that advantage going into the fourth. But to use it at the start of the quarter, Uh, Because it doesn't really make a difference. I know maybe the game's a little bit quicker because you're a bit more into it. Obviously, it starts a bit slow in the first few minutes. I understand that. But yeah, I thought that was a bit of a bit of a strange one. Um, Gobert played better than I thought. Um, Him and Mitchell, a lot of screens, a little pick and roll there. So maybe they're a bit more friendly than I gave them credit for now. Yeah, maybe. Um, But no, that second game. It was more a lot more back and forth, I'd say. I know there was a big run from each team in the first game, but Lakers-Clippers, we were going from lead to lead, back and forth between each team. Um, Yeah, and it kind of... Even though I got the prediction... Well, we both got the prediction wrong. Who's going to win that game? Because we kind of both thought AD wouldn't play, but obviously he did play and he was a monster, so that makes a difference. But for the Clippers to look so good with Pat Beverley on a minutes restriction, no Harrell and no Lou Williams, I was very impressed and... Yeah, it just made the whole thing quite good. Um, and the end sequence was quite good as well. I like having that uh, such a tight finish at the end of a game, you know, one three-pointer for Paul George at the end and the, the result flips. So, yeah, I probably preferred the second game a little bit more. I think the defending was a lot better in the second game than the first game, personally.
1: Yeah, yeah. The, obviously, the quality was better because two better quality teams, you know. Everything was going to be more crisp, more on point slightly less sort of feeling the game out and getting yeah. stuck in more organized
0: as well i think in their yeah. sets and their defensive patterns i think a little bit more less frantic and like we said in the preview the pelicans are such a fast-paced team that it almost like increases turnovers just by the way they play whereas sometimes the lakers and clippers they're obviously so well coached and their leaders are two of the most intelligent players in the nba with Kawhi and Uh, LeBron that they just run some of the best sets that you'll see so it may look like oh the game's slowing down a bit now but it's just like oh no LeBron's just setting up everyone in the exact way he wants it then Kawhi is going off two screens the way he wants it so it's a lot more organised I I found both games fun but the second one just tipped over the edge for me
1: I think the other thing with that as well is because Zion was on that minutes restriction I think they were just feeding in the ball for three minutes and then that didn't allow them to do those things, set themselves up, get into sets, find out where the weaknesses are, feed wherever that is, and and play like to a structure. They were like, "Oh, Zion's on the court. Let's get him. Let's get him going. Let's get him going. Let's use his three minutes, and then he's gone." And then they're like, "Oh, hang on. Yeah, we no. still got nine minutes to go. We still, we still have to like put a set in place and play."
0: Mm, I agree, and I think the Pacers almost used it to their advantage as well because. He was coming in cold that they could sometimes run screens off him and try and get matchups to get him away from the basket and try and exploit the fact that maybe he's not as fit as you think. Yeah. Um, that was one other thing before we move on to the next topic that I noticed. We had all this chat. I know everyone has come across really fit in general, but we had all this chat about all these players that have lost weight. And now they're actually all in the bubble. They're all the same weight as they were. Jokic's yeah. not any smaller than he was. Harden's not any smaller. Um. Who else? Oh yeah, Zion. That's what made me think it. Zion was not any more ripped. He was still the same level as looking out of shape as he always is. So yeah. I think that was uh, some good Instagram and edits there done by the world of the media rather than actual <laughs> players that got into insane shape.
1: Yeah, definitely. Because Zion got pulled last night, didn't he? I don't know if you saw. He uh, fell on a possession and then just sort of lazily jogged back on defence, and <laughs> coach pulled him straight away. no no, I didn't see that
0: I didn't watch that game last night I only saw the highlights
1: if you're not going to commit and you're not in shape enough to get back on defence you're not playing pulled him for a couple of minutes and they thought that that was in the fourth they thought that was going to be it then but he did put him back on because obviously they needed the win and and got out there so
0: yeah they ramped his minutes up to around the 25 mark and apparently going up to the 30 mark as of as of next week so if they manage to get into a seed game or a playoff game, you could be back to 35 minutes a game, which could be quite interesting to see if he can last that long.
1: <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah. I, I, I'd like to see if he
0: can. he will get fitter as time goes, but it is only a limit. I know there's loads of games for us to watch, but if you think about how many actual minutes each player is going to play in the three weeks, it's not loads of minutes to increase your fitness really, is it? Not at this point.
1: No, 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 definitely not. It's, they're going to have to, I think they're yeah, just going to have to put them in and ramp them up and get him to sort of deal with it and get over with it and
0: see if they can help him out on defence some way of uh less yeah. switches for him or something.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Okay, cool. So moving on from those open night games. Um let's have uh probably give me two let's not include either of those two games, um, but give me two of your other
1: standout games that we you've watched so far overall. Um a slightly off the war one that I really enjoyed was um Grizzly Spurs. Uh, OK. I wasn't expecting to enjoy watching, <laughs> like, really, either of the teams play. Um, but that was down to a two-point game. And Jaron Jackson- cool finish. is an absolute baller. He is so good. I, That's I, a good I, three in the corner, he hit. Massively, rate him, yeah. That turnaround three in the corner where he was definitely fouled and it wasn't called, and he sinks it, was just unbelievable to tie the game. And then, what does it go at the other end? DeRozan, free throws, and then uh, he gets a a real... And he missed two free throws as well. Yeah. And then John Jackson Jr. gets a real deep look at a three, and it just, it goes wide. But I was I was convinced when he took that three that I was going in again. <laughs> Just the way he's been playing, the way he's been shooting. Uh, that was a really, really, really good, entertaining game. Um, and yeah, the I second it, it that game, game, I think I'd go with... Oh, it's tough because there's so many good ones. But that same night, it was quite fun to see Houston play the Bucks.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's, that's on one of my lists, to be fair. Both of those games are on my top five, which is quite good.
1: Yeah, I, I think that was great. Um, just seeing, Clash of styles. Yeah, that's exactly it. A, a big team versus a small team. Um, I'm just seeing how it goes. It, one of the, my highlights from it, though, is um, James Harden trying to get a re out-rebound Giannis. I don't know if you've seen that clip. Yeah, I've seen that and clip. Giannis Twitter, doesn't even jump. Yeah. He just reaches up and picks the ball up. <laughs> but James <laughs> did
0: body him in that last session and made him throw the ball away, which I found quite quite impressive. Because Giannis isn't the strongest individual in terms of legs, because he's got very skinny legs, so his leg strength's not... Obviously, he's going to be strong, but uh, Harden's a lot more stocky build, and I found that interesting, that he almost managed to stay square on and body him to try and get him to throw the ball away, and then he threw that turnover, didn't he, in the last few minutes? Well, last few seconds.
1: We have said before, like, Harden, particularly like in the post, when he's not got to move much on defence, he's quite good. He is strong, like you said. He he, he can put a body on, on someone and keep them out of the paint. But when they're like a quick zippy guard that he has to move his feet for, that's when he yeah, starts he to struggle. struggle. Like pick them up from half court kind of thing. He doesn't but want a to do lot
0: them. of that. A lot of that would be the system as well, wouldn't it? Because they asked him to expend so much energy on the other end that like you almost don't want him. Just they play a switch defense as well. So obviously constantly switch, 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 switch. So obviously yeah. ideally he's always going to want to switch onto the biggest, slowest player just to conserve the energy because none of them can rebound like better than a big because obviously they played this small lineup where the tallest player is Covington at six foot seven, I believe. Um but yeah he always wants to switch onto the slower players but I think a lot of that's conserving energy. I think if he played in a different team, different system, almost back in his OKC days, you'd see him try and guard guards better. So yeah, he hasn't got the energy or the quickness he's got to expend so much, especially before they had Westbrook. He, the level of output he has is nuts, really.
1: No, oh, yeah, definitely. What about you? What were your two your biggest two standout games so far?
0: Um, so I did put uh Houston Bucks on my two on my list, so I have to think of another one. But um no, the most that. Fine. the most standout one was Mavs Houston for me. Uh obviously we spoke about it before a little bit biased, like I'm always gonna enjoy watching KP and Luka, because that's who I follow. Um, but yeah, that game was insane. Like, I love offensive basketball, obviously. Most people like three-point shooting. That's why we like the modern-day NBA. And that game was absolutely insane. Obviously, trying to stay a little bit unbiased, really, because it's one of the most annoying games I've ever watched, because the map should have easily won, and they threw it away at the end. But yeah. for a neutral, I could not imagine a more fun game. I think that's absolutely insane how fun that game was. Um. And if I had to think of a second game as well, I did quite enjoy the Heat versus the Nuggets um because the Heat absolutely ran all over the Nuggets. And that was a very impressive performance. It was almost proven what I thought about both teams. But since then, the Nuggets looked better and the Heat have looked worse. So maybe it's completely wrong. But I did enjoy that game. I think they won by 20 points as well, which is nearly unheard of for Denver. They're such a good defensive team.
1: Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, like you said, they are a great defensive team. Yeah, they won by 20 points and especially with yeah. all those bigs you think and Miami's not the best 3 point team so it's not like three-point team as we've already said on this episode. It's not like they were taking the bigs out to the three-point line and sort of shooting over them or going around them. You know? Yeah, they score
0: a lot in the interior, don't they? But yeah. Kelly Linick had a lot of points so when he's on fire you know, they normally all three-point shots, aren't
1: they? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he, he yeah, rolls, doesn't he? Mm,
0: definitely, yeah. But they're probably my two um, to stand that game, obviously, just Mavs should have just won that game. To to not get a box out for someone to tip in a, f- a free throw at the end of a game is just yes. outrageous. And then overtime, yeah, overtime was probably actually disappointing. To be fair, compared to the actual game, because I think the Mavs were just shot mentally and physically, uh, and Houston were absolutely knackered as well. Apart from Westbrook, they just looked so tired. Yeah, um, but the actual um, regular time before overtime was insane. To be fair, so yeah, so, that'll be my two.
1: Going off what you've said there with the the heat being a bit up and down, are there any teams now after the first sort of three or four games you're looking at thinking these guys are in trouble they're either gonna drop massively they're they're gonna not make the playoffs which you know which teams do you think or that you predicted might do better than they are aren't doing so well?
0: Um, well, we all know the wizards not doing well that's a uh... Hey, no, baby! Um, And uh, obviously the Grizzlies, uh, they stood out for me on this list. Um, Are they 0-3? Is that right or have I got that wrong? Uh,
1: They got... Yeah, they must be, yeah,
0: 0-3. Yeah, they're they're 0-3 and and they've played all three teams. they played, obviously, the Pelicans, they played the Blazers and they played the Spurs, which were the three teams right below them. Uh, Yeah, and they've lost all three. So I thought they would go about... To be fair, I thought, I just think they'd lose a lot of games, but I thought they might go four and four, three and five, and they'd definitely finish in the eight seed, um, but they would have to play in a playing game. Now, the more I'm looking at it, if they don't pick their ideas up, they could fall out of that into the nine, and everyone would say, oh, this, that's no big deal, but it is because if you're in the eight seed, you only have to win one of the two playing games, but if you're in the nine, you have to win both. And I think a young team like that trying to win two games in a row in a pressure environment against whatever team gets to the nine or eight seed, that would be tough. So I think they're. They're a team that stands out. Um, Nuggets, I thought, would, wouldn't be as good with their injuries and they're not as good. I know they won against the Thunder, but they sneaked it for me. Uh, and then my team, the Mavs, um, played really well in both games, funny enough, but the, their fourth quarters let them down. So they're in trouble in the sense of if they don't win nearly every game, they're probably going to be the seventh seed. Uh, and the Nuggets look poor. So the Nuggets are not going to catch the Clippers. So they basically would... Need well, I don't know what they need, but <laughs> they're going to almost be playing Houston or Clippers in a, a th- in a two seven matchup if they don't win probably five of the six, yeah, so I think that could be a bit of a nightmare. They want to play the nuggets because they do really really well against uh Denver um but they need the nuggets to start winning some games because although the nuggets are not going to catch the Clippers or they're not even going to be above Houston with how well Houston are playing um but yeah, they're probably the three teams I'd say um. Nuggets, Mavs, and obviously the Grizzlies, all West teams, really. But what about you? Uh,
1: Grizzlies were top of my list. I'm looking at who they've played and who they've got left to play. And I can almost see them maybe not picking up a win and dropping out completely. And it being the Pelicans and all going eight and nine. Um,
0: Have you got the Grizzlies schedule open or not?
1: Yes, yeah, so they got Utah next, then OKC, then Toronto, Boston, Milwaukee to finish.
0: Oh God! Yeah, I could see them win one as a max. Like, I mean, I know you said you could see them losing them all, but my brain's thinking, oh my God, they might only win one as a maximum. I can't see them win more than one, which is not good.
1: Because Utah and Oklahoma are going to be putting out full squads at this point.
0: Which, yeah, OKC want to stay away from the 7th seed because they've started yeah, well.
1: Which is going to be tough matchups. Like I said the other week, I keep underestimating Oklahoma and they keep just steamrolling. They are incredible at the moment. And then Toronto, Boston, Milwaukee, the only way they can possibly get wins there is if they are resting key players, which Milwaukee they, might be, but yeah, Boston Milwaukee and Toronto will, I think yeah. still might be pushing You know, to secure places and wins. So I think I, I think they might drop out, you know. Yeah,
0: Probably, I could yeah, see I them winning one of their next two uh, if they're three-point shot lambs, as silly as that sounds. But they do take a high percentage. So they're not a very good three-point shooting team either. But they've got players that like to shoot a lot. And you know if they get a hot streak, they can just win a game. And I think that Bucks game could be key because I think they'll rest nearly all their players, like their main players. Yeah. So I think they could get two wins now I'm thinking about it just because of a rest situation. But even two wins...
1: Is it enough?
0: I think two wins you're definitely gonna be in the ninth seed at best, in my yeah. opinion. I don't think you are finishing the eight. I know they've got still got obviously got an advantage, but but yeah. It's almost like we've said with young teams before, when they start on a roll, whether that's a good roll or or negative. That's uh, like- yeah, that's what I mean. I think if they lose the next game again, they're 0 4. Jesus. Pressure just gonna mount and yeah. yeah, even if the Bucks don't pay all their team, what happens if a couple of the Bucks players that do play get hot? Do you know what I mean? Or just say ja Morant has a bad day, which can happen to a young player. They might even lose to a, to a not a B side bucks, but a Giannis, Giannis for 15 bucks. minutes or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: The, the other team that stood out to me a little bit was the 76ers. Just. Oh, definitely. They need to hit a stride. They're just all they like. suck. <laughs> the only reason they won last night was that sort of three from from Milton and. He, He's like, been
0: poor as well.
1: Kind of luck. I mean, Embiid had an incredible game last night, but Ben Simmons got like eight points and fouled out. It's they just need some consistency, mm. and have not seen any yet. Hopefully, they'll that'll start to build. They've got Washington next, obviously a winnable game. Orlando, winnable game. Portland, tough game. Phoenix, winnable game. Toronto and Houston to finish. That's where they're really mm. going to be tested. You could so. see the magic
0: beating them, though, couldn't you? the way they're playing at the moment. 76ers on defence they are so, so inconsistent. I could see the Magic getting a, 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 almost a shock result there.
1: Yeah, well, that feeds us perfectly on to are there teams that are overachieving or doing better than you thought they were?
0: Um, the Spurs, I know they lost um, against the 76ers on a, obviously, a last, well, not last second, but obviously a late three from Milton that we just discussed. But they were 2-0 and before that. Um, playing really well. Uh, they moved DeRozan to the four. He actually plays like a power forward role now rather than a shooting guard role for that team. And they surround him with basically guards, um, yeah. which has made a huge difference. And I like LaMarcus Aldridge, but not having him on the court means they're such a quicker, younger team. Um, I think they've done really well. And I messaged you, didn't I, and said, oh my God, the Spurs are already in ninth. Um, they've they've lost now, losing the game, brought them back into it because of the win percentage. But they could sneak into a to a nine matchup, which would just be hilarious for the NBA wanting to get Portland or (laughs) Zion in the nine seed game. And we could end up with a a strange Spurs team. But yeah, no, I think they've overachieved what I thought the magic as well to an extent, but if I'm honest, I've only watched one of their games in full. So it's hard to judge. Uh, And then the other team, Houston, Um, they haven't overachieved I knew they could be really good. But I always have, obviously, worries. We've talked about them a lot on the show. And to be fair, in late games, they, well, they were really good against the Mavs late on in the game. And for me, the whole way through against the Bucks, they are very impressive. The Bucks have steamrolled so many teams. Um, and it's almost like they could they get out, out-rebounded by 40 rebounds, but they're still going to be in the game. So, yeah, I'd say the Spurs and the Rockets were my standouts for overachieving. What about you?
1: Yeah, I, I had the magic. I had a really good... Um... Stat that um, they've gone a hundred like five games in a row. Their last five games have been 120 plus points. Now, and I watched a little bit of their Sacramento game where they scored 40 points in the first quarter, <laughs> and Aaron Gordon is just stepping into straightaway threes. No one's picking him up because they think he can't shoot, and he's just stepping into them. They can score as a team, you know. Uh, that's that those games by the way are a win over minnesota a win over houston a win over memphis win over brooklyn win over sacramento i know there's a couple of low teams there but you know 126 cool. to 106 win over houston these you, you can't take these guys lightly i don't think i think they no. they are doing incredibly well and you look at the rest of their schedule it's tough but there's a couple of easy games in there I don't think overall it's going to make a difference to where they come in the East, but it's some good momentum going into the playoffs.
0: They're going to get that seven seed, right? I think for sure. Yeah. Um, probably go against the Raptors, which is no easy, no easy game. But I can't. That's. I think I would be. I'd be more surprised now that if they got swept, than if they'd won two games against the Raptors in, in seven. I'd be more surprised about them getting swept. That's how well they're playing.
1: Yeah, I completely agree with that.
0: Even though they are going to miss Isaac, obviously a bit of news there. Um, he ruptured his ACL uh, in a scary incident the other night. I um, yeah. don't know if you saw the video, but it's very similar to when Derek Rose did his. And this is the second ACL injury for Jonathan Isaac. So I think He's that so sucks. He was playing yeah. wow. He was playing really well. And I was going to say before, one of the reasons they've done so well is because even though they've been, lo- like not laughed at, but they've been lower in the East for a while, it meant that the players they've got on this roster have actually been around for quite a while as a group. And they've yeah. added one, one or two a year. Right. Yeah. Because they overpay for players. They've added one or two a year because that's all they can do. But now, now they've become consistent and got a good coach and they've got a, a style and Jonathan Isaac was developing. They've actually improved because they all know each other's game so well. So I think he's going to be a big miss. So shout out to him. But yeah, they're definitely, definitely performing very well.
1: Yeah, I'm, lo- I'm loving them. I love the energy, I love the the style of play. They're doing brilliantly. So, keep it up, Orlando, in your home town, essentially.
0: Yeah, yeah true. Yeah, yeah,
1: I did forget about that. But, um, yeah. Uh, any others? Any out? other teams that we haven't it,
0: mentioned, yes. do you think?
1: Like I said before, OKC always just shocked me every single time.
0: They were poor, though, in the second half last night against the
1: the nuggets yeah they were up by 7 at one point you know it was their game and they let the nuggets sort of crawl back into it which they is
0: they've also got the best stats in the last 5 minutes of games out of any team in the league yeah they've had the most clutch minutes of any team in the league so they're in tight games all the time uh, and they've got the best uh, offensive efficiency in the fourth quarter of any team in the league led by chris paul so a, that just proves, like we said, we always almost overlook them. Like You've said that a few times now, and we do. I think a lot of people do across because of how many players they've traded away over the last few years. Yeah. I think people don't realise how good this group is. But that's what almost made the Nuggets loss shocking and kind of took them off this list for me because they thrive in fourth quarter close games. Uh, and in the last four minutes last night against a, uh, a Nuggets team that are missing, like, three of their starters, Um I think they dropped the ball a bit there, really, and not finishing that game out.
1: Missing Schroeder, he's away for the birth of his second child. Um, Yeah, Gallinari
0: wasn't as good last night in the late on in the game, but no, I think they'll be alright. They could get. Yeah, it was. Yeah,
1: till he hit his head on the floor. I don't know if you've seen that.
0: Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, (laughs) that's a
1: hard fall. It was quite a fall. Yeah, it
0: was. I think the Thunder have got a chance of sneaking in, though, to uh, to a higher matchup. I'm not sure they can go as high as the four because of how well Houston are playing and the fact they've just lost the Nuggets. They've lost that tiebreaker. Um, but, yeah, I think they could be a five seed quite comfortably if they carry on playing well.
1: Yeah, I think they can sneak in, 100%.
0: Cool. Um, so, along the lines of standout teams, let's move on to uh, who's been in your standout players then just give me a couple of examples of who you, who's obviously not necessarily shocked you but a couple maybe that maybe have shocked you and then some familiar names that have done as well as you maybe thought
1: let's go with the name on everybody's lips actually i should have mentioned this team in overachievers yeah jay warren from the
0: Pacers, a- averaging 45 points game in the bubble what a guy wow
1: i know there's you know not many options on that team at the moment. But he is making it count. Like he's playing so well. He's
0: pulling it up from three from from some crazy angles. Yeah. For him anyway.
1: With people draped all over him and he just he's a scoring machine at the moment. He's got an ugly jump shot as well.
0: Yeah. <laughs> just go just flows in on just like fair play, fifty points. Dropping a fifty spot in a big win the other night.
1: Yeah, why not? Just keep feeding him until teams figure out how to stop him. And I think that's what he's got going for him. I don't think he like you look at the Pacers team and go, Oh, we better look into TJ Warren on the scout report. No one said that and now he's like, I'll just keep going then. Whereas now teams are gonna start noticing and when he starts playing when they start playing those better teams, which you know, they've got Orlando next, Phoenix, then they've got the Lakers, win Miami teams, right? twice, and Houston. So that's when they'll be tested. That's that's the games where if he is a, like, truly developing into a superstar, if he can still get 30 points in those couple of games, then
0: wow. Yeah, they definitely shocked, shocked both of us. We were texting about it the other night, weren't we, and how, yeah. how impressed we were. Um, well, we thought we saw Victor was going to play, and we thought, oh, we might be surprised by this lot and then he didn't really start very well at all but we were still surprised mainly just by their defence and obviously the way TJ shot the ball Uh, do you see any way they can finish higher than the five seed where they are at the moment Um, they're only one game back from the heat but we we both really like the heat but they are a bit poor yesterday
1: yeah I don't looking at what they've got left you know they need two wins on the bounce now and then I think it's that's just Losters, about yeah. where they get to, and I think Philly claw back, maybe jump ahead the of them. Uh, okay, cool. Um, and I think they're Miami maybe the Celtics. Miami playing the Pacers twice as well. I think they're going to do enough to stay in front as well. So I think they might drop one place, but
0: but still be happy with how they performed overall oh, with the circumstances.
1: Yeah. yeah. For the Pacers, like, I think this season has been an absolute win, no matter what happens in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, I agree. Definitely. Definitely. Some good young players on their Core, to be fair.
1: Yeah. Um, I'll throw it over to you. Got anyone in mind, apart from him? Uh, He
0: was second on my list um, due to bias, because I love the guy who's won. So I've got two names written down. Um, Both, well, one nearly an All-Star but it got injured. Uh, so first I've got Porzingis, uh, who's been absolutely insane. Nearly scored 40 points a game. Um, bought, getting the rebounds quite well, two blocks a game. Uh, obviously the issue is they've lost both games, so what does it contribute to winning? Not a lot. Um, but a lot of that's coaching. I love Coach Carlisle, but they're not running a lot of sets for Porzingis late in games. Um and they're not running a lot for Luca either. Well, they do run a lot for Luca, but Luca's problem is he's too unselfish, so he passes the ball a lot. So we're having a lot of l- late shots of like Finney Smith and Hardaway took three threes late on in the game the other night, and he scored, n- it was 0 for 8 at that point for, from the field. Uh, and he's taken three threes in the last three and a half minutes of a game. That's not ideal, but Porzingis in the first three quarters of every game has been absolutely insane. Uh, I won't count my chickens yet that he's developed into a post player because he still struggles in the post a lot of the time but yes, he's, he's shooting hard. over he's Yeah, he, he started doing what he did in his first season at the Knicks which is shoot, he's shooting over players a lot more rather than bodying them um, so he basically faces up and shoots over small players and he's done that really really well he says that's because he's lost weight the Mavs obviously and the Knicks asked him to put on weight for the last two years which is <laughs> Makes perfect sense. You should put yeah. on weight. He needs to put on weight. But allegedly, he asked him if he could lose eight pounds over lockdown. He lost eight pounds. Wow. Well, and apparently, he can flow quicker. So he can get into his shot quicker and that's the benefit. But yeah, he's been impressive. And um, well, even though they've had a bad start, do not write off Porzingis and Luca beating a team like the Clippers in the playoffs. The, the way they're playing as a duo are insane at the moment. Uh, they just need some help around them. Uh, and my other player is Mr. Russell Westbrook. He yeah. has been absolutely insane. Late in games as well, against Mavs and the Bucks, which we know they both won, um, everyone thinks it's Harden's team. doesn't look like Harden's team when you when you, when you you see them play late in the game, because if he's got an open three and they're swinging it around, yeah, of course Harden's going to take the three. But when they need a basket or they're like one point down or the game's tied, he's just driving to the basket. He's getting offensive rebounds. He's the person kicking it out for Harden for a lot of his three-point shots. Um and he's getting a lot of defensive rebounds as well, which is easy in this team because they've got no bigs. But still impressive for, for the for the type of... When you watch him play, the eye test is so much better than the box score. The type of rebounds he gets over big players is insane. Yeah. Uh And I think he's the reason why they've... Obviously, Harden scored insane. PJ Tucker's defended really well against bigs. There's loads of reasons why. But Westbrook's what's took them over the edge in late in games for me. The
1: reason like you've said you've got it on the note that he is achieving what he's achieving is because he's playing to his strengths which is that dribble drive to the hole and you know he kick out to others thick, to get the the well. others. it's when he tries to dribble up shoot or stand and shoot or peel off screens and shoot like you you're he you're not a shooter at Westbrook you can hit an open 3 absolutely mm. But you cannot dribble into one. You cannot have one with a defender on you. That's not your game. And that's no. they don't need him for that. They need him to drive and make the defense collapse so he can push out to those shooters. And yes. as long as he does that and stays this unselfish, not greedy player who plays to his strengths, then Houston will go miles.
0: Yeah, I agree. He's taken about two, two and a half average threes a game. Which is perfect, because he's he's, a lot of the time due to rebounding. and he's getting guarded by, not the biggest player, that's always PJ Tucker really, but one of the bigger players on the team. Um, and if they're just expecting the same, him to drive, or him to get rebounds, or him to kick out, if sometimes he just pulls up for that odd 3 it just keeps the, the defence honest as well. Because yeah. yeah, he's not a great three-point shooter at all, we all know that. He shot 40% one season, thought he was really good, but it's 25% after that. But, compared to an average four, who's guarding him a lot of the time. He, if he just pulls up, it just keeps that defence honest. And also, like we said, that creates more space to for him to drive around players because he's one of the fastest, most aggressive players in the league yes. Into the hole. Um, yeah, and I think his energy helps on defence. He's, he's not the world's greatest defender, don't get me wrong, but he helps in a team that switches everything because his yeah. movement is insane. So, yeah, he's, he's so going stand athletic. out for me. Yeah, he is. He's really, really athletic. And he's a good... He's a very, uh, obviously, intense player as well. So, he cares about defence. Whether he's the best defender or not, it doesn't really matter sometimes. He's going to switch on everything and try his best on whoever he's guarding. I think that's something that Houston need and maybe don't get on from other players. So, yeah, big standout for me. Um, um, have you got any names that are the opposite of that? So, players that maybe let you down on what you thought they were going to do or maybe a little bit from the regular season?
1: I think Jason Tatum's had a slow start. Um I was expecting big things from him and I think it's because of that second half of the season he had where, you know, he was unstoppable essentially after Mm -hmm. the All Star break. And I was I just kind of in my head set the sort of naively thought, yeah, that'll carry on. He's gonna be incredible and then the first game from the Celtics
0: Yeah, it was awful.
1: He he may as well have not played. Like he was just non existent.
0: They'd have won if it had just been a, an average Jason Tatum, to be honest. The yeah. Because they kept it close against the Bucks all the way through. Yeah.
1: Well, and after the first two minutes. And then he showed up a bit in the Portland one, and it shows, you know, they pulled out a 128, 124 win over a real tough Portland team. So I, I, he may be warming up into it, but again, he, I thought he was going to come flying out the blocks, and that Boston team would be clicking on all cylinders. Um Yeah, he was top, top
0: of my list as well, to be fair. Same reason. Game one was very disappointing. But also, if you actually watch the Portland game, um I've developed a love for the Trailblazers everyone on Twitter will will, will have seen. <laughs> so I've watched all their games all the way through. And in the fourth quarter, yeah, I know it's good that he's passing the ball and he's not greedy, etc. But he was definitely being the beta to um Jalen Brown, who's definitely, definitely taking over the game late on. Okay. And also, yeah, I'm not just saying this due to a mellow bias, but anytime they could switch, Tatum was switching on to Trent, who more just stands in the corner, uh, and he was getting Jalen Brown to mark Mello, who obviously is much be- better of a rebounder. Yeah, um, almost like not that he didn't want to take the challenge, but he didn't want to he didn't want to get involved in a rebounding battle to try and score on the other end. whereas Jalen was dominating Mello, uh, helping rebound over Nurkic if they needed to, and then he was going at the other end and hitting four threes in the fourth quarter. So. Jalen Brown, yeah, has almost made Tatum look worse maybe than he, than he really is as well. Um just, just because I'm impressive.
1: Jalen Brown, great shoes. Love his great. fluorescent green and blue shoes.
0: He's Ooh. got great shoes. Got Brandon Taylor's name written on his shoes as well. So that's Very another nice touch. Very nice. Yeah. Um any other players apart from Jason Tatum, who's maybe obviously we know there's loads of players that aren't scoring loads of points, aren't doing well, like teams of the wizards, but more players that we expect to do well that haven't done well.
1: Yeah, uh, I don't know really. Again, I think
0: they, I've got they, one more name that might surprise you. Go on. There's another player that I love, and he hasn't actually had a bad game if you read the box score. But Jimmy Butler slightly performed worse than I thought, and I think there's a reason to it. We've seen this whole issue with his name, no name on the jersey. I yeah.
1: Don't know if you watched that, that first game. He, he tried to sneak on with his no name jersey. Yeah. Didn't he?
0: Yeah, which his agent said was amazing because the Heat actually made that for him and said, look, here's the jersey if you want to do it. They supported him, which I thought was really nice. Shows, Yeah, maybe he's never had an arm around him by many of his teams because he's so intense. And I think the Heat really, really, like, warmed to him, which is nice. But I (laughs) I like that,
1: as a organisation.
0: Definitely, yeah, and as a coaching staff, to be fair, they are really like that. But I just think um, he's in his own head a little bit because, obviously, we found out yesterday he missed training and that basically come out that one of the players said he was quarantining but then they had to come out and say oh no he's not really quarantined but the rumours are they just gave him a day in his room and said don't come to practice don't go to any of the meetings just chill because he was so annoyed that he couldn't wear that jersey so not that he's performing bad by the average NBA player standards but the way that he runs this Heat team more on the defensive end um, he just didn't quite look himself um, uh, last night to be honest against the Raptors but I expect him to come back, but yeah, I just wanted to mention that yeah, not quite, not quite himself on the, on the defensive end, and also uh, creating a lot of turnovers as well. Still scoring the ball quite well, but shooting from three not his normal level, and turnovers are up. So maybe, maybe it's, now we've had a couple of games, he can get his head back on it.
1: It's funny that it's like potentially could be because the league have said he's not allowed to wear that jersey when, before everyone went into the bubble, it was said. No named jerseys will not be allowed. Like it was, it's been known. It doesn't matter whether the teams made it for you or not. The league have said no, so you're not gonna be allowed to wear it. I don't know what he expected, how he he expected it to go. I don't know.
0: Yeah, because they delayed the start of the game as well. I don't know if you want, so They said yeah. they are not starting the, starting the game, so you change the jersey and they had to change it. But yeah, frustrating, frustrating. And they've got a chance for me to win the East. Um but there's absolutely no way they can win the East if him and Bam aren't aren't on form and Jimmy almost makes Bam tick on the offense end. They've got such a good relationship and without Jimmy they playing to his best, they're just they're not the same team unfortunately.
1: Yeah. No, I agree. But yeah. I can see
0: them picking it up, definitely. He's a competitor, isn't he?
1: Yeah. Definitely. I think uh just as a another player, again, sort of same as Tatum really. Rubbish start, but is slowly getting into it, is someone we've mentioned already as well, Donovan Mitchell. Like I said, I thought that first game would be coming out, proving a point, and he was just not there, just very vacant, didn't really look like he wanted the ball, wanted to get involved, but since then has really picked up his production. So it's just what the Jazz need. They need that boost. He always benefits from having another scorer with him. And um, Connolly's
0: a good scorer and he's playing really well, but he hasn't got the same scorer mentality. And that's where I think they really miss... Um, um yeah. I think it's took uh, took him a game or two just to get used to having that, all that pressure on him offensively again.
1: Yeah, Joe Ingle's been playing well for them though. He, he's really stepped into that role really well and not just like because he's a great three-point shooter but he's not just been sticking with that. He's been driving and, and getting to the free throw line and stuff. He, he's really impressed me actually.
0: Yeah, he's done well to be fair because he had to spend all season getting used to a bench role again yeah. and then now he's was pushed straight back into the starting lineup, so he's done well with that. I think. Yeah. Cool. Um, so next, well, why don't we finish with uh, what? What two games are you most looking forward to uh, over the next, let's say, three days before we record again?
1: Okay, let's have a look. Uh, I'll let you well, go
0: first, and if you're the same as mine, I'll uh, quickly switch.
1: I'll pick two that I'm going to really look forward to. One is tonight, actually. Houston-Portland,
0: very yeah, that was number one on my list. Because <laughs>
1: um, that's a really interesting... Because Portland are a team that can play inside and outside really, really well. And I'm just no, looking to been see insane. how Houston deal with that. I think that's that's going to be a really, really interesting, really good game. Um, I agree.
0: Have you seen much of Nurkic so far, I think he's been incredible.
1: Yeah, I, he's really impressed me. Apart from his, uh, like, full court lob at the end of that game that was completely just atrocious yeah. to go anywhere. That's, like, the Three, only real mistake yeah. I've seen him make.
0: Three seconds ago as well, so it was not you're not expecting it a lot, are you? No. I know it's bad. I know it's bad, but overall.
1: Uh, yeah, that's the only mistake you make in a game. It's,
0: yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah,
1: and I think. Um, probably might be on your list as well, but Mavericks-Bucks. No, on, that game isn't on my list. On Saturday, really looking forward to that game just to see sort of, you know, big a team with a big two versus a team with a big two. Just to see if they can shut each other down and, and or, well, I think it'll be who can outscore who more than who can shut who down, but...
0: Probably, yeah. Giannis will uh, defend really, really well against, well, will try and defend really, really well against um, Luca. I'd be interested to see if uh, they en- if he ends up guarding him or Porzingis. That'll be quite a key matchup, I think. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Two good games there. Two high-scoring games. You'd-, you'd think looking at it on paper. Um. Yeah. Portland, Houston were my number one, so I'll pick another game. Um. But I've got another Mavs game actually. I've got uh the Mavs Clippers. Oh, nice. Uh. Similar really to you with the Bucks, to be honest. Um, interesting to see almost who scores more, who can shut each other down because the Clippers are so good defensively. It'd be interesting to see if they can shut the Mavs down because, like, a lot of people don't realize, and I've mentioned to you a few times, the Mavs' actual offensive efficiency is the best of all time now in the NBA, Wow. Which is nuts. Um, it's just late game situations and defense really that, that, that lets them down. And uh, they're the second youngest team in Orlando, which is when you consider the Wizards and Nets. Oh, no. Yeah, Wizards and Nets. To be the second youngest behind the Wizards, Jeez. and be, be as close as like they were beating Houston by 20 points, scored 85 and a half. Like it's really impressive, but I want to see them like win that big game. You know where it is a like I I kind of want the game to be quite tight and see if they can come come over that because I think they need to do it at least once before the playoffs start. I don't
1: think yeah. you can go into
0: the playoffs either winning because they will win games, but if they win because when they win they win by a lot. So rather than winning games by 20, I want to see them get a real tough tight win against a top. Uh, top Western team. So, yeah, that's why I'm going with the uh, the the uh, Clippers game. That game's on Thursday night, people are interested in it, but it's a late one. So, it's on Sky Sports as well, but you'll have to uh, <laughs> stay up very late. <laughs> uh, and then game two involves the Bucks as well. So, same team, similar teams, but I've got the Bucks v Heat. Uh, I'm looking forward to that because the Heat have beaten the Bucks twice this season. Um, and like I said, I, it's a bit. I don't know if it's a take as much, but I do not see the Bucks getting out of the East. I just don't think they're good enough. I think they're such a good regular team, season team. But if they win games where they've got a huge lead just from being consistently very good. Their coaching is amazing. Obviously, Giannis dominates both ends of the ball. But if Giannis struggles or even has foul trouble or even struggles for one quarter like he did against Houston, if you look at it, they really struggle to win games late on, tight games, similar to the Mavs, really. They do uh, look he, very beatable at the moment. Yeah, I just, I just don't. If you like, I was listening to a podcast yesterday, and they were saying if you wrote the 76ers roster down and you wrote the bucks roster down, player for player, you'd probably take 76ers roster all day, every day. Same with probably the celtics, but obviously, Giannis makes a difference, uh, and the coaching for the bucks is just absolutely insane. But in late game situations. Yeah. Yeah, late game situations, experience counts a lot and we saw the Raptors turn the Bucks over last year and I would not be surprised if the Raptors or Heat did the same this year so I want to see if the Heat can beat them again for a third time and almost draw the blueprint on how you beat the Bucks. so I think that'll be a fun game and like I said I, I do love Jimmy Butler and he's not been quite himself and I'd love to see him go to a team like the Bucks, take on the challenge of defending Giannis, which he will at times uh, and see if he can get the win so yeah, I'm looking forward to that and it's always fun to see Giannis dominate some 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 people on the boards, isn't it? And just dunk all over someone.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, uh, a third quick game to just mention as well: Lakers Houston Thursday night. Lakers on a back to back there playing OKC the night before.
0: And Houston then, have got a tough schedule. They've won two tough games already. They played
1: <laughs> Portland
0: yeah. and the Lakers as well.
1: What a start that is! They win all four
0: of those games. You struggle to look past them to to beat one of the one of the LA teams at least in the yeah.
1: in the second that, round. I think that'd be them throwing down a massive marker to the rest of the league, saying like, "Come at me, come at yeah, me." Yeah, would.
0: Yeah, because Davis is like the worst player basically for them to play. So yeah. even if he scores thirty-five points, but that's a, do you know what I mean if they limit him to thirty-five points, crazy that sounds, and they win because they shoot so many threes. That, do you know what I mean? They, that, they're like, "Oh great, you've got Anthony Davis. He can score forty, but we'll still win by six because we'll shoot." Well, they set a record the other night for shooting 61 threes in a game. That's the joint most ever. <laughs> if they come out and shoot 62 threes against the Lakers and they score enough to win, they'll just to teams, look, out-rebound us all you want, but we're going we're gonna to take you to the last two minutes of every game. And teams don't like that in the playoff time to go the last two minutes against a team where, even if you're up by eight, if Harden hits two quick threes, for example, yeah, and we've, tell- see, we, yeah, we've seen them lock down on defense, I think that, yeah, I think that'll be a fun game. I think overall, though, if you look at these games we're talking about, how insane is the standard of basketball? Like, look at the games we just mentioned there, and they all happen apart from one of them, they all happen before Friday. And You've got, like, Portland-Houston, Lakers-Houston, Clippers-Mavs, Bucks-Heat, Bucks-Mavs, like, absolutely incredible standard of basketball.
1: Yeah, ridiculous.
0: Cool. Well, I also think uh, we're planning on recording again, aren't we, on Friday, Ben? Is that right? To try and do a little review of the games that that have gone on between now and then?
1: Yeah, hopefully so. Similar to what we've done today, I guess. Just go through some some highlights some and points and, and keep ourselves in the loop, keep everybody recapped and up to date with how we're doing, how we're thinking. And, well, we'd love to hear from you guys at home as well, see how you guys are, are finding the NBA bubble regular season.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. And our little polls and debates on some of the games have been getting some good interaction. So we'll keep doing... Live tweets or polls or player of the night. Start doing some more interaction on our Twitter page. So make sure you go follow us at at underscore hardwood hoops for all that. Um, I think the only thing to say, Ben, is enjoy the basketball, mate. And yes. Speak to
1: you soon. Speak to you soon. All
0: right. See you later, everyone. Bye.